cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields. And with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Chris Chiari, founder and CEO of 420 Hotels. Chris, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good morning. When you were trying to buy that property and you said what you wanted to turn into, were people telling you you were crazy? Were there hesitations then to make those announcements? Because you could have kept it pretty close to the vest and then made those attempts. So take us through that conversation. I had a reaction from a parent who immediately expressed concern. Do I need to be worried? You're you're dropping everything. You're selling your house in Florida. You're going to immerse your life in this still illegal space. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my late 40s. So my parents would tell you that never in their lifetime would they have imagined. But I did. I sold the house in Florida. I ended up on a road trip, uh, 115,000 miles over 22 months crisscrossing the country. Uh, one cannabis cup to bong and pipe trade show to another. And along that way, met uh, people that were, like I said, generous with their information, with the flower they cultivated, with a willingness to give you a tour of what in some cases proved to me multi-generational operations. What are some of these rules you had to navigate? You, you said that you couldn't mix the two of them together. So tell us what was some of the rules when you got that license that, that restricted you from doing certain things or allowed you to do other certain things? Well, anything that becomes a cannabis consumption area has to be locked down at 2 a.m. So anyone who remembers the early day of going to events in the cannabis space, we'd have alcohol and music and vendors inside with their, with their displays. And then we'd go outside to a bus, a van, Airstream, or a couple of the companies that emerged that offered cannabis tourism. And then we'd get high on the bus. Well, under the rules around cannabis hospitality, if I designate the entire hotel as a cannabis consumption area, then I can welcome you into the hotel. But at 2 a.m., I got to kick you out to a bunk in an RV out front and make sure you come back in at 7 a.m. for breakfast and we'll hold your luggage for you. Didn't really fit with overnight hospitality. Uh, For me, that's my core business. I'm a hotel. I see adding cannabis as a really fun and exciting reason to reach out to my current guests, my previous guests and to likely attract someone to this property that may have never heard about it. And as a nine room on our way to 11 room property might not have because we're still independent and small. I read that your property has five licenses. I'm curious to know, is the cannabis license harder to get than the others? And if not, when you were going through that process, was it one where they said, if you get this, you can't do, you can't do alcohol. How did that work? Not five licenses, but five businesses to get to where I am right now. So the property does hold and was originally a hotel restaurant with a tavern live entertainment license. And then I add cannabis hospitality, which by rule can be adjacent to each other on a commercial property, but not accessible. And so under the code, you have this with these two languages. And someone said, call your business cannabis adjacent the other day on LinkedIn. But in fact, the reason I can't use that term and wouldn't is because adjacent is actually a zoning code term that anyone in that space would understand. And so in fact, I'm not adjacent, I'm accessible. Uh, And that means that that ability to move between the two. Uh, Right now, the property is a Nevada C-Corp. I am actively involved in raising funds on a crowdfund campaign for equity on republic.com. And so I'm selling equity as stock future stock in a Nevada C-Corp called the 420 Hotels. Not trying to ask people to invest in a one-off, 
but actually buying into the entity that intends to manage and own multiple properties in multiple cities. I can only imagine the levels of training that have to go on for your staff. We talked about the alcohol challenges and the cannabis challenges, and then even to communicate that information to probably poor patrons, right? Who are a couple of drinks in, interested in this, kind of wandering between stuff. That has to be so challenging for your staff. So how do you do the education and how do you communicate that to consumers? The bar is four to nine. We're happy hour only, but that's going from an amenity that was open just to guess the hotel for one hour a night for a free glass of wine. Now it's uh, signature crafted cocktails and bourbon drinks, a small light tavern food menu, and a pretty extensive uh, premium and select no well alcohol list for anything else you might want on top of that. Um, So four to nine kind of keeps us out of those witching hours of causing too much trouble or getting in too much trouble. But bartenders, you don't bring a bartender on that doesn't know, right? That check ID, recognize signs of over-intoxication, and then engage appropriately to mitigate um, someone being in a position of crisis or overconsumption. Cannabis is a little little bit more unique, um, but just like food safety and alcohol safety, courses have emerged. So we do intend that all of our our, our staff, I don't want to use the term bud tenders because we're only going to be a bring your own as opposed to a, a point of sale destination. Um, but our canna servers or our can of sommeliers already, because of my address, because of the news we've been getting around the work, guests come in and are a little bit more open about where's a good place to go? Where can I consume this? We can't give implied or expressed answers right now that work and that frustrates me. But I know we're getting close to offering that solution where I can literally now point to a space and say, welcome, and you can do that here. Whole goal of what I'm trying to build. Chris, cannabis tourism has been held back by lack of state and local regulations. What state is next for you? You tell me, state and local regulations. You know, Nevada is a little big, but I am looking at the possibility of throwing my hat into their lottery in the hopes of, of, of striking gold or hitting a jackpot. I do think one of my next best places to go, and I have to be tepid of what I talk about because I have this form C file with the SEC and where I go next, you know, I have suitability for myself and the company here in Colorado. So maybe a Colorado ski destination would be a nice lateral move in the short term. So my vision is four-star hospitality. You know, this is overnight hospitality, but then it's membership and food and beverage. Yeah, pretty powerful ad. So Chris, 20 years from now, we will look back and say, that was barbaric. I can't believe we did that or experienced that in the cannabis industry. What is that? Barbaric. 20 years. How about this? That we're 20 years into some significant reforms and policy in this country, but yet cannabis incarcerations and cannabis prisoners are still numbered in the hundreds of thousands. The number of arrests that still occur in a year, still in the hundreds of thousands. Um, I think it's an abomination. Before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass onto the next generation, what would it be? I was told at a young age, don't think the world hasn't already thought of that. Be creative and go out there and do it, regardless of what the world tells you. All right, prediction time. Chris, how do we get cannabis consumption lounges to be as commonly accepted as bars in hotels in the future? By executing and bringing to market not something in an entry-level product or a roadside motel, but bringing to market three, four, and five-star opportunities. And so a larger segment of the new still kind of curious can experience cannabis in a way that is not back alley 
or that bag of smushed up bud we used to know, and that its emergence and normalization happens in spaces that are very familiar. Chris, for our (laughs) listeners, they want to get in touch, they want to visit, they want to watch the film, and they want to invest on Republic. Where can they find you? PattersonInn.com is the hotel where you can book a room today, open over uh, nine plus years. Pino Film, P-E-N-O Film.com is where you can learn more information, see our movie posters, see the press we got in the Denver Post where they called me, quote, a character, uh, and pictures with iced tea. And then, of course, uh, Amazon Prime, if you would like to watch it and rent it, or Tubi or Pluto, where you can stream it with commercials. I still get paid, but you get to watch it with commercials. Um, The420Hotels.com is about to do a, a new relaunch of our website within a week. Uh, but please go to republic.com. Uh, HTTPS colon backslash backslash republic.com backslash 420 hyphen hotels. And if you were to search Republic 420 hotels on the internet, you would likely find our page very quickly. Love it. We'll link it all up in the show notes. Thanks so much for taking the time. This was fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.